Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at in today's show. Show 84. Recording the road ahead with a car cam. Can Facebook graph change the way we search? We climb the Dragon's Den staircase. An update on hams, hitchhiking and robot fish. Plus, Freesat HD, Windows 8 and UView. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time, starting off with mobile phone news. The BlackBerry Z10 has just launched in the UK. Out goes the keypad and in comes a touchscreen and the ability to run four different apps on screen at the same time. Many are saying that the new BlackBerry 10 operating system is BlackBerry's last chance to recover some of the ground it's lost to Apple and Android. Staying with smartphones, watch out for new handsets from Amazon as well as a phone from the web browser folk behind the Firefox web browser. Apparently though, according to Facebook, rumours of a Facebook phone are untrue. Staying with mobile phone technology, seven companies have thrown their hat into the ring for bidding on the new 4G high-speed networks. The UK's existing 4G provider, EE, has announced it's dropping the price for its 4G service to a still hefty £31 a month. They've also added a super user tariff of £46 a month for 20 gig of data. Next, it looks like BT may soon be offering Sky Sports 1 and 2 to its Vision and UView customers via fibre broadband and not via Freeview Channel 41 and 42, as they do at the moment. This could have an impact on those watching Sky Sports via top-up TV. Watch this space. Next, good news for BT broadband customers, as from the 1st of February, they lifted their peer-to-peer traffic management system. This means that, unlike some of their rivals, they now offer truly unlimited broadband. Next, Microsoft Office users note that Office 2013 has just been announced. Expect a touchscreen interface, better cloud document storing and integration of Skype. No sign though of the rumoured Android and iPad versions of Office. Next, in a week where Japan announced that Ultra HD services will start broadcasting next year, spare a thought for those keen to stick with slightly less high-tech TV. According to the UK's TV licensing authority, there are over 13,000 black and white TV licenses still in force. Priced at £49, that's a saving of nearly £100 a year. Worth a thought. Next, radio. If you fancy a look behind the scenes at the recently revamped BBC Broadcasting House in London, they'll be opening their doors from April. The special guided tours last around 90 minutes, and you can book now online. See the link on our show notes. In other radio news, Ofcom has just started some tests of DAB+, the upgraded digital radio platform. These tests are taking place in the Brighton area. Also just announced, Star Wars Episode 7, J.J. Abrahams, Disney, 2015. And finally, staying with sci-fi, another piece of Star Trek tech has just been realised. 
Researchers in Scotland and the Czech Republic have created a beam of light capable of attracting microscopic particles. OK, it does mean that we can't snare a bird of prey just yet, but it might help Mr Dyson invent a new type of vacuum cleaner. Beam me up, Kelly. Thanks, Pete. For more news stories, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news. Focus time, and of course I'm with the lovely Kelly. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Pete. Now, I have to say, I'm a little bit confused. Your purple blackberry seems to have turned white and have the word Samsung on. What's going on here? Oh, I've switched phones. My blackberry actually died. And what have you moved over to? I've moved over to a um, Samsung Galaxy S3 Mini. It is nice. I've seen the Galaxy S3 before, but the, the Mini, actually, it's not a bad little size phone, is it? Very light as well. Now, how are you finding it? I think when I get used to it, it'll be a nice phone. But at the moment, I miss my BlackBerry so much. Oh, bless you. But you've got all these killer apps that you can't get on a BlackBerry. That must be good. It's good, but I haven't got my emails yet. And that's my concern. So why can't you get your emails? It's just proving to be a little bit more of a nightmare than my BlackBerry that just automatically syncs up. You'll get there. Other than that, though, finding it all right, nice and slim and sexy compared with the old chunky BlackBerry? It is very, very sexy. And... The one thing that I do feel quite good about is that it apparently won't break as easily as a BlackBerry. Look after that one. Don't break it. I will. I'll try my best. Right. Talking of smartphones, this is the uh, the first thing we're going to look at today. And this uh, relates to an email we had from Darren Nay. Would you mind just reading me this little email here, please? I can. He says, I've been reading about the new BT Smart Talk app for mobiles that lets you use your mobile like you would your landline. Could you maybe review this app on one of your shows? Okay, now have you heard of the BT Smart Talk? I've not, no. Right, okay, let me get my little smartphone out here. This is the Smart Talk app. It's a free app from BT. Now, you do have to be a BT customer, but I'm going to try something here. Are you ready? Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ring the frequency cast phone number, which is 02081334567. Call. Thanks for calling the Frequency Cast Wow, who is that sexy voice? <laughs> Lovely. So that's our Frequency Cast uh, phone. The reason this is so special is because that call was free from my mobile phone. Free? Free. Okay, how? This little app from BT is rather clever. Basically, it uses the internet for your phone calls, which, okay, we've seen for a while. Skype does all that kind of stuff. But this actually links into your home phone account. So what you do is you download the app. If you're a BT customer, you put in your account details and it registers you and up to four other users to use the smartphone app. Now, if you dial using that app over Wi-Fi or 3G, it does it through your home phone bill. So it's not technically free. Well, what it does, if you have a BT package that gives you free calls, you can use them on the mobile. Okay, I'm starting to understand. Mm. So my package, I'm on a fairly basic package with BT, and I get free unlimited weekend and evening calls as part of my tariff. And what this means is, if I'm in any coverage of Wi-Fi, or on my 3G or even 4G network, I can actually make free unlimited evening and weekend landline calls. Okay, I have a question. If you're using the internet anyway, then surely you'd have a decent enough monthly contract that would probably give you unlimited calls anyway, no? Well, you get a few free minutes. You might get 600 free mobile-to-mobile minutes, but this is for landlines. Okay, I guess that's not so bad. 
Also, there's some other little bonuses with this one. Phoning 0845 and 0800 numbers are free because you're doing it through your home phone and you get those free. At the moment, you can't make free calls from a mobile. An 0800 number is still charged on the mobile networks. No, that's quite clever. Definitely worth a download. But the really clever one is if you go abroad and you've got Wi-Fi access. Oh, I see. That's very clever. So you go abroad, you go into an internet cafe that gives you free Wi-Fi and you use this app via your home number to call local calls. You've actually got free high quality voice calls to the UK, unlimited over Wi-Fi. Nice. But then you still have to pay for the roaming. No, you don't. That's the point. If it's Wi-Fi, you're not. Okay, I'm with you. I'm so with you. I want one. I just think that is a very, very clever little app. You can dial any number. Uh, and it comes up on your home phone bill. I've been using it for the last three or four days and I'm really rather impressed by it. So if you are with BT and you've got a smartphone, you need to get this app. Impressive. Indeed. Right, what have we got next? You've got, a, you've got a hot topic to talk to me about now, haven't you? And this is something to do with social networking, if I'm right. Yeah, this is um, Facebook's rival in Google, basically. And it's got a silly name, hasn't it? The graph search. Yeah, what's all that about then? Well, basically, what what they're aiming to do is to rival Google, but by searching within your network and your area. And you should be able to search for restaurants and clubs and gyms and things based on where other people in your social network go. And it's an interesting school of thought. This was rolled out last month in uh, January. And at the moment, it's only available as a beta and it's very limited. You have to sign up to it. And it's only available to the US market, but it will be rolled out around the world. And us here in the UK will get it soon. And the idea is it's using different types of data searches. So rather than going to Google and saying, recommend a restaurant in my area, you go into the Facebook search and type in things like restaurants in London that my friends have been to. And it will look at London and your friends and their check-ins to work out where your friends have been in the past for recommendations. I really don't like this. Also, you can put in things like People I know who like cycling. You could just Google a cycle group. Oh, but this is people that you know that have added something in their profile. You can get a bit weird with it, like something like a list of all my friends who've said their relationship is complicated. It's basically like stalking people. <laughs> it has got some sort of use, though. You could do things like photos of my hometown that were taken before 2005. So you can see what your town looked like. But who's going to do that? I mean, really, what's going to happen with this is that... Women before dates now, when they're searching for men, are going to find out everything. Which restaurants they've been to, which ones they're likely to go to again, where their local pub is. It's going to basically just create a ton of stalkerish people. See, I like this one. This is an example I found online. I must admit, I thought of you when I saw this one. Go on, have a read of that one for me. Oh, great. Single men under 30 near my hometown that like cats. <laughs> That's your perfect date, isn't it? Well, yeah, pretty much, but I wouldn't want to Facebook graph search him. I don't know how this is going to go yet. I can see all sorts of privacy issues coming up as a result of this one. Certainly one to watch, and you can kind of see what they're trying to do. It's searching that's more relevant to you. You go onto Google and do a search, you get a search from anywhere in the world, but this is actually going to be things that your friends, family, followers have been doing. So, I don't know, used with care, I can see some advantages, but I can also see some fairly negative sides to this as well. I also think it just gives you a very limited view. You're not going to go and experience anything new and you're just basically going to end up doing exactly the same as your friends and I, I dislike it completely. Okay, so that's getting the frequency cast thumbs down, is that right? It is. 
So let's move on from Facebook's Graph Search, what a catchy little name that is, and look at something far more exciting. And uh, it's uh, it road driving kind of technology stuff. Is that of any interest here? Go on, we'll give it a go. <laughs> Well, this actually takes us back to December, where we were at Gadget Show Live in London, looking at some rather interesting tech. Now, the stand we visited had all sorts of weird uh, projector screens showing images of car accidents, which is not a lot of fun, was it? It wasn't, but I ended up getting quite mesmerised by it. And the reason behind it was a piece of technology from a company called Road Pixel. And here is Frank from Road Pixel to tell us more. These are professional drive recorders. Fundamentally, what they are is cameras uh, that also have inbuilt DVRs. That means digital video recorders that will also record the time and date. And some of the models also have GPS that will record your journey and your speed. So let me get this right. This presumably sticks on the inside of your dash just by your rear view mirror, points out forward and is recording everything that it sees as you're driving along. So if you see something nasty, or heaven forbid you're in an accident, you've got that video evidence. We're basically using the same technology as you would find in a CCTV system. And therefore, the evidence that we're actually creating has the same value to protect you in the case that something happens that you might not like to happen. Presumably, you can also use it to send off to police camera action if you see a good incident and maybe make a few quid for getting your uh, getting some accident on the TV. Personally, I wouldn't really recommend that you do that because then you're actually using it outside of the main purpose and you're actually likely to breach some of this uh, privacy laws by doing so. It's quite legal to use it for the purposes that you're using it for but it's not really for uploading to the web can you think of any other more sort of serious use cases for this product apart from just you know watching out for an accident we need to touch on the spiraling cost of motor insurance for everybody now and over the last few years the uk has become a bit more like the usa we're in a far more litigious society than we used to and all of the crash for cash scams that we've been hearing about is really just a license to print money for those people involved in these crimes. Unfortunately, uh, the insurance companies don't always feel that they want to try and uh, protect their clients and they will rather just pay out uh, under these circumstances. That's why everybody needs to protect themselves. In terms of another application that we're seeing a lot of people buying our products for is young drivers. Parents have got to uh, support their teenagers when they say, please mummy, please daddy, I want to drive the car. Typically, that would be a 20% increase on the parent's motor premium. They then want to apply some rules to how their teenager actually drives. So they will say, of course, I don't want you to be using your smartphone. I don't want you texting. I don't want you updating Facebook. I don't want you breaking the speed limit. and..." I only want you to have one passenger in the vehicle at any time, otherwise there's a risk you may be distracted. So how can a parent actually enforce those rules? Well, with one of our fantastic cameras that also has an internal view, it means that the parents can then find out where the teenagers went, at what speed they were driving, and if they break any of these rules that have been set out, they're grounded. How many uh, hours will one of these record typically? Typically about eight hours on a 32 gig uh, SD card. 
That's not too bad. And is it rechargeable batteries or...? Uh... Well, it's fed constantly on a trickle charge from the cigarette lighter that we have in the vehicle. What sort of price are we looking at for these gadgets? They start about £99. More fully featured ones, they're about 250 to 300 Would there be any kind of discount, do you think, in the future with uh, insurers if they could know this kind of technology is on board? The insurers uh, are under pressure to take cognizance of these products and we're already working with some insurers such as Adrian Flux and they'll offer 10 to 15% discount if you have one of these devices in your vehicle not just because they know that they're safer and less likely to have to pay out but they actually understand that drivers are more likely to be careful knowing that they're also on camera. If someone wants to buy one of these and they're not coming down to the show do you have a website where you can buy these? Yes of course they can visit www.roadpixel.com Now, if you're a keen subscriber to FrequencyCast, you probably caught our look at the London Toy Fair 2013, which we released a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, do go to our site where you'll find a 10-minute audio and video special. Here's a quick summary of what you may have missed. I'm talking to Pip from App Toys, who has, let me just describe what he's holding. He's holding a red rifle here with an iPhone stuck into the actual gun itself. Pip, what are you doing? So I'm playing a game here called Alien Attack. It's an augmented reality game. That's what all the kids are talking about these days. It's a first-person shooter, but it's using the camera on the iPhone to give us our placement. So it looks, to all intents and purposes, that aliens are in the room with us. We'll just eliminate a few of these guys here. <laughs> you have a uh, lovely little pink thing dancing to the frequency cast theme. The pink thing, as you call it, is the Tozy robot, Disco Robo from Logicom. So what she actually does is she listens to the music and then she will dance to that music. So as the beat of the music changes, she changes the way she dances, the facial expression will change. So whatever music we're playing, she will act to that music. I'm talking to Charlotte, who is Product Manager for VTech. Yep, so we have an iDiscover app activity table, and it's basically for parents who don't want their kiddies' little grubby hands all over their iPhones or iPads. It has a driving game in there, it has musical numbers, it has lots of electronic lights and gizmos and gadgets, and I think it's a nice place for your child to play happily with your iPad without you worrying. And uh, just moving over here, we've got another rather fascinating looking product. So you're looking at the Inner Tab 2 for babies. It has a protective case, so you never have to worry about leaving your child unattended. It also has preloaded uh, ebooks and videos and games and music to help soothe your child, but also help educate them with shapes, colours, different things like that. Now, this is the big kid's toy, though. This is the one I want. I'm looking at a, uh, a T-Rex, is that right? It has uh, voice recognition, so you say T-Rex and it'll roar. T-Rex move forward, it'll automatically do that. T-Rex move back, it'll do that, so you don't even need to stand near it. And you say T-Rex fire and it'll, it'll launch its missile. Not too far, but far enough. The name T-Rex means king of the tyrant lizards. So you're looking at Robofish. Robofish is the most lifelike uh, robotic fish on the market. What we've got here is it's, uh, it's micro-robotics, but what makes it really special is it's water-activated. Now it's got two carbon switches. When you have connection with one, nothing happens, but two, and it'll activate and obviously uh, 
pop it in, it actually swims in five different directions. And how it does that is it's actually got a electromagnetic coil. So it operates on a coil system so it allows it to twist and turn and swim in different direction. And that's what really what gives it the uh, lifelike look. Robofish, Robofish, drop them in water, your fish dive down. And for more on our coverage of the tech at Toy Fair 2013, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash Toy Fair. Hi, this is Susie Perry and you're listening to Frequency Cast, the UK TV and tech podcast. Okay, now we have to play this little bit of audio. This is this is fascinating. The final stop on our tour at Gadget Show Live in December was a chap called Glenn, who, if anyone listened to our little update that we put out uh, between the uh, December and the January show, will know someone here, not a million miles away from me, was asked out on a date in the middle of an interview. Oh, it wasn't a date. I still stick by this. It wasn't a date. It was a friendly drink and you were coming too. Okay, just for the listener's benefit, let me remind you. Gadget Show Live in London has come to the end. How's your day been? It has been fantastic and exhausting. So what have you found that's... Oh, look, here he is. Has it, has it, has it got any better for your sweetness? It has. And where are we going for a drink after? Oh, I don't know. Where are we going? Where do you want to go? Anywhere. Got the Fox for a drink? Yeah. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. Okay. Definitely a date. It really wasn't a date. <laughs> you make this sound so much worse. Glenn, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. Okay. Well, Glenn was at the Gadget Show selling a Christmas tree that snowed. One of his other products that he'd worked on in the past was an air conditioning solution that, um, as you walked away from the air conditioning, would switch itself off to save electricity. Clever stuff. As it happens, Glenn took that to the Dragon's Den. And we've got a rather exclusive little peek behind the scenes at Dragon's Den. This was fascinating, wasn't it? Absolutely fascinating. I love it. It's one of the best interviews we've done, I think. So if you're into Dragon's Den, here is Glenn from EcoSense giving us a bit of a feel for what goes on behind the scenes at the den. Probably one of the most bizarre things about it, which not a lot of people know, is you know obviously you've got a set of stairs that you come up to into the den. Those stairs don't exist. In the actual den where the dragons are, there's about three steps. You have to pretend that you're walking up steps to get in there. The whole set of stairs themselves are actually in a completely separate studio, which is quite bizarre. So how long does the process take? We obviously on air, we see sort of two or three minutes of heavily edited stuff. How long does it really take in the den? I mean, I think from application to filming, um, it was about seven months. The day we filmed ours, there was a couple of guys in there that thought they had a good idea, bless them. But you also knew that they, they'd been put there to, to poke a little bit of fun out, which I don't, I, I don't think is particularly fair. Now, they're harsh in there, but they like to think they're fair. I got my products, exposed, the exposure I wanted, so it was win-win for me. Of course, that wasn't the Christmas tree, that was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was, that was another product called EcoSense, which, you know, luckily for us, since it was on Dragon's Den, has gone global and is, and is now a, a huge, huge brand and has done really, really well. I mean, Deborah Meader made two offers when we were in the den and unfortunately, short, sharp answers that she didn't want to hear didn't go down too well. So they got edited out of the programme, but, you know, one of them things. I'll never look at Dragon's Den the same way. Quite disappointing, isn't it, really? You never want to know the truth. We've removed the fourth wall of TV there. OK, and talking of disappointments, I wonder how you're getting on with some challenges. Are you going to disappoint me or am I going to be pleased here? What were your two challenges in the last show? Well, I've got my amateur radio exam coming up and then also... Um... Well, let's, let's talk about the amateur okay. radio thing first of all. So you've got your foundation course coming up. How are you doing so far? Not too bad. I've learnt the phonetic alphabet now, so quite happy with that. And what book have you got uh, sitting on your desk there? That is my foundation's licence now. Excellent. Enjoy. We'll catch up with you the next show to find out how well you've done. And uh, what was your other challenge? 
My other challenge was to get into the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, have you been converted yet? I have found it quite funny. How far into it are you? I'm kind of halfway through the second part. Okay, so uh, where are they in the story? At the moment in the story, he's just woken up in the spaceship. So the Earth's blown up and they're in the Vogon ship, is that right? Are you finding it amusing? Oh, I am. I am finding it quite amusing. Any quotes you've got for me yet? Oh, my favourite bit by far is when they actually come down to blow up Earth and inform all of humankind that they should have actually looked at the um, planning notes. Which were on display in Alpha Centauri and had been for the last 20 years. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one. I also do quite like the fact they keep quoting that humankind don't really know much. Can you remember the entry in the Hitchhiker's Guide for Earth? Harmless. Obviously. Or indeed, (laughs) mostly harmless. Well, there you go. Keep going. You've got plenty more episodes to go. And we'll catch up next episode to find out if you have been converted. And uh, Arthur Dent, big fan? I kind of prefer Ford. You wait. I think you'll be after Marvin the Paranoid Android. Oh, really? Okay. we'll have to wait until I get there. Right. Well, that's it for the focus section. For transcripts, longer versions of what we've covered in today's show, and for links to all the products and services mentioned in FrequencyCast, go to the show notes section of our website. And the address is... www.frequencycast.co.uk Hello, this is Simon Jones, a.k.a. Arthur Dent, voyaging through the galaxy, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Interaction time, the part of the show where you get to have your say. Got a question or a comment? Please get in touch. And first off, we've got a question from Stephen Pearson about UView. He says, I'm interested in replacing my ageing top-up TV PVR with a UView box. The Humax is a bit expensive at the moment and my ISP Xylo does not offer any IPTV options. Are you aware of any other manufacturers planning to release another UView box in the coming year? Well, of course, at the moment, the uh, the main box is the UView Humax box, the DVR-1000, which was 299 when it came out. It's now dropped down to 249 which is not a bad price. Uh, if you want to get the box for free, TalkTalk and BT are your only options. And that's because they're official UView partners and they helped in the development process. There will be other boxes out there, but they're not going to be an awful lot cheaper because of the hard disk and HD technology. So unfortunately, Stephen, I think the answer at the moment is no. Never mind, Stephen. Well, we've also had a text from James in East London. I've heard that FreeSat are thinking of bringing a load of iPlayers onto the FreeSat boxes. Are these the existing ones too? And what iPlayers are they going to be? Okay, well, first off, the BBC iPlayer and the ITV player are currently available on many of the FreeSat HD boxes and the HD TV sets that have FreeSat built in. We've actually got a list of these up on our site, so take a look at the show notes. 4OD and Demand 5 are apparently due in early 2013, so they're coming soon. And there are also some rumours of Netflix coming to FreeSat. It is worth pointing out here that only FreeSat equipment that supports HD and has an internet connection will be supported. Now, there's a second part to uh, James' question as well there. There is. He's also asked, BT are bringing a new Freeview box out. Will the interference filters be fitted to these new boxes as standard? Okay, well, the answer to this one's no. I'm assuming James is referring to the UView boxes here. No, the filters won't be included for free because, of course, not everyone will need them. Okay, Kelly, and the next question, please. Darren asks, have you used any of these Android TV sticks? I see a lot of them on sale from China and I was wondering if they're any good. 
Yeah, these are interesting little bits of kit. They're basically memory sticks that you plug into your telly and it's got the Android operating system that you'd find on your Galaxy. We've heard mixed reviews. They do start from around about 40 or 50 pounds and people are using them for watching their media on the TV. The other thing we've seen them being used for is for PowerPoint presentations where you take it along to a client's TV set plug it into the telly and then connect your mouse to it and you can run PowerPoint presentations. So interesting, maybe it's something we look at for a future show. We've not tried them ourselves yet and as I say the reviews are a little mixed. So if you're interested let us know and we'll try and review one for you. And finally Jeff asks, I've got a sweet new HP laptop for Christmas. The laptop came with Windows 8. After trying out Windows 8 I found I did not like it and wanted to downgrade. After I went out and bought Windows 7, I found I could no longer downgrade because HP no longer had the supported drivers for Windows 7 on all of their models. Any suggestions and advice would be great. Now, we've heard this a few times. Windows 8 is out, which means Windows 7 and all the versions before it are now slowly becoming obsolete. I think, to an extent, you're going to have to start getting used to Windows 8. However, a couple of things to point out here. First of all, you have to think about Windows 8 in a slightly different way. If you look at it like the old machines and how they used to work, you're going to get into trouble. If you can get yourself to change the way of thinking about how you use your desktop to be more like the way you use a mobile or a tablet, you'll actually find it a lot easier. And Windows 8 is quite clever in that particular area. Have you, uh, you tried 8 yet? I haven't tried 8 yet. I'm still on 7. Okay, when you go over to 8, it's a bit of a culture shock, but you do kind of start seeing the logic that's gone on behind it. Okay, well, I'll give it a go. If I can do it, anyone can. Although, if you really are set on the Windows 7 or the XP format, there are certain things you can do to change 8 to be more like 7. For a start, you can disable the startup screen and you can restore the classic menu and the desktop. And that will get it almost looking like Windows 7. But I would urge you to give Windows 8 a chance. I hated it when I first used it, but now I only hate it a little bit. Only a little bit. (laughs) Okay, how long does it take until you really like it? I think I'll start to love it by the time Windows 9 comes out. Okay, that that sounds about right. Well, that's all the feedback for this show. If you want to ask us a question, set Kelly a challenge, or comment on today's show, here's how you can get in touch. You can call us on 0208 133 4567. And of course, if you use the BT Smart Talk app, that'll be a free call if you're lucky. Or you can text us on 07 882 043 or you can send us a mail via the contact us button on our website and Kelly the address is www.frequencycast.co.uk until the next show wrap up warm Frequency Cast shut down in progress thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast for news updates and to get in touch with us go to frequencycast.co.uk while you're there click the add us to iTunes button you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.